0: Let me uh, open in a word of prayer, and then we'll, we'll begin. Father, thank you for the blessing it is to be with your people. We thank you that it's a, we can do this, that we have the freedoms to do it. We thank you for the reasons for it, that we gather because we know we need it. We need the fellowship of each other to encourage each other for the walk ahead of us this week. We need each other to be able to speak truth to each other. We need to hear from you. We need to sing to you. We need these Sunday mornings. And we just praise you for the blessing that it is. It's a gift. We have brothers and sisters in Sudan and China in North Korea and elsewhere in this world who fight and die for this. <clears throat> we just casually sip our coffees, God. But we, this morning, take a second to remember that This is a privilege and a blessing to do it here in freedom. Help us not to lose sight of that, but also to be reminded of what it is, that we need this grace that comes in different ways every Sunday morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, last week, the last time we met, we were on question 10. What does God require in the Fourth and Fifth Commandments? And these are long paragraphs, so I'm not going to ask us to read these ones out loud. And looking ahead after these Ten Commandment questions, they get much easier. They're not full-on paragraphs. Um, last week, though, or last time we met, we talked about the two commandments, the Sabbath and honoring your parents. Any, any thoughts that came up since we had that? Because it was a little bit of a... that's a Honestly, the Fourth Commandment is one of the hardest to understand how does that apply to us as Christians today. And, and then the fifth one is, is difficult when you start to make your own families, right? But what, any other thoughts you guys had after we had that, that discussion or questions? All right. That's okay. This week's question is even bigger. <laughs> so I'll just read it. It's on your handout. What does God require in the 6th, 7th, and 8th Commandments? Sixth, that we do not hurt or hate or be hostile to our neighbor, but be patient and peaceful, pursuing even our enemies with love. Seventh, that we abstain from sexual immorality and live purely and faithfully, whether in marriage or in single life, avoiding all impure actions, looks, words, thoughts or desires, and whatever might lead to them. Eighth, that we do not take without permission that which belongs to someone else, nor withhold any good from someone we might benefit. There's a lot packed in there. These are the three uh, commandments, 6th, 7th, and 8th from Exodus 20. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. The question, though, has a lot more words than that, doesn't it? (laughs) So when we think this morning about what this means, um, I mean, it's kind of obvious as you read it. You think, right? Don't murder. Don't steal. Don't commit adultery. Um, But I want to, the, the devotions on the app that you can go to either on the website, I've got the URL here, the link to get to it has a devotion by Stephen Ohm, and I don't know who he is, Um, but this was a very helpful devotion that I'm really just going to ask you a few questions that I, as I read it, formulated some questions from what he wrote. So think about this. We're not Jewish, right? So why do we obey the Ten Commandments then as Christians? If we're not Jewish, why should we obey the Ten Commandments? That's an open-ended question. It's God's word. God says to, right? Okay. If it's God's word, these are, I think when we say the phrase God's word, our mind goes right to this, right? Don't lose sight that these are God's words to us. Right? This is every 2 Timothy 3.16 says all scripture is given by inspiration, breathed out by God. So it's interesting that we used, Donnie, that you said God's word. Because the Ten Commandments in Hebrew are actually, a lot of the Jewish people call them the Ten Words. Because they're just like a word. Negated. No murder. No this, no that. But, okay, so... These are God's laws. It's not just that they're Jewish, right? They're God's laws. And if God's law is to be obeyed by all, then we should. Okay, second question then. If we want to best understand God's law, God's word, where should we, how should we find that out? How do we, who do we know that best interprets what that means to us? Read What'd you say? Read Read the Bible, what did you say? God's word. God's word. Specifically, wouldn't it be nice if God himself could explain what he means in those Ten Commandments? Thank you, he did. Mm-hmm. If you have a Bible, look at Matthew 5 with me. Because God, as the Incarnate Son, and we have a few more of those handouts if you guys want them right there in the front row. In the Sermon on the Mount, helps us understand that these 10 words are not simply just, how many of you, and, and kids, I'm not trying to pick on you, but I know I do this too. When someone tells you something to do, and it's especially if it's something you don't want to do, you try to take it as literally and at face value without any thought into what it really fully means. God says don't murder? Okay, I haven't killed anybody. Big I'm good. Big What's that? A big kid. I know that big kids do it too. That's why I was saying, I, I struggle with this too, especially with work things. They want me to do something that I think's dumb. I, I will do just the bare minimum. Matt?
1: But as someone that's worked in education for 22 years, teens are pros.
0: At Experts at this.
1: Okay, the minimal amount. We didn't say this. You said that.
0: They, they will be great attorneys someday, yes. right, to explain. But the awesome thing is that God knows that. And that's, he sent his son to say, you guys, come on, this is what it means. So let's look at what it means then. Matthew, look at verse 21 of chapter 5. Right in the middle of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, he says, You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder. And whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who's angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. And whoever says, you fool, which sometimes your older translations just translate that literally or transliterate it as raka. It's a special word for fool that basically says you're non-human. You're not a human. You fool will be liable to the hell of fire. Okay, then jump down to verse 27. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. See what Jesus is doing there? He's helping us do what our hearts don't want to do, though, he's helping us think, this is really the heart of God when I say, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal. or uh, yeah, steal. So what Jesus, this, this, this author Stephen Uman, in the devotion says, he says, what we find in Jesus' interpretation in the Sermon on the Mount is that the standards of the law are much higher than we assumed. He says it's not just committing adultery and murdering and not stealing. Jesus says in interpreting the sixth commandment that if you harbor bitterness, if you're unable to forgive someone, if you consider someone a non-person, then you've murdered that person in your heart. Oof. Right? So these three commandments, we think, all right, I've not been stealing. I've not been murdering. I've not been many adultery, Jesus says, okay, wait, wait, wait. Let's think about what the heart of what I mean there. All right, so help me out. I think Jesus helps us with the murdering. That's hatred in my heart. And he helps us with adultery. And it goes both ways, right? It's about the heart. But he hasn't made a comment on stealing. So let's put on our thinking caps and say, what does God mean? What's the heart behind not stealing? What are ways that we steal that someone's not going to come along and arrest you for, but you know before God you probably shouldn't have done that.
2: You can
0: steal credit for something. Oh, that's all. Awesome. I hadn't thought about that. Somebody gets
2: confused and thinks you did Oh yeah, look what I did when it wasn't you at all.
0: Yeah, there's a, a pastor um, very nationally known this year who was elected president of a convention. And then right after that, it was discovered that several years' worth of his sermons have just been copies, some of them verbatim, and he didn't give any credit at all in preaching those. That's stealing, right. What else? But
3: doing something other when you're being paid for a job and you're on your
4: phone or doing something personal?
0: Yeah. <coughs> yeah. If you're paid hourly, right? And you're just shooting the breeze during that hourly pay. And I'm couching this as hourly for a reason in a second because I'm salaried and I've had to wrestle with this. Salaried is because I work 50 hours sometimes, 60 hours. and I'm going to get paid regardless of whatever I get paid because I'm paid for a job, right? But if you're paid hourly and you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing during that, that's stealing. That's right, Nora. What else? Wesley.
5: gives them money when they don't have get political
0: it is a concern wesley for those that would who could work who don't work take and take advantage of the system I agree that and that there is there is a major problem there. I don't know if I would you know, for us as taxpayers, that feels like they're stealing from us, right? Taxes are stealing. Right? That's yeah. a good point, Steve Wesley. Now, to be fair, there are people who need help. right. And And frankly, what were you going to say, Matt? Is it? Oh,
1: no, I was going to bring in a different thing.
0: Okay. And frankly, I think we ought not to rely on the government to do that. Originally, this was the function of the church to help, and we haven't filled that, and now we've, it's so easy to let others do it. But, Matt, what were you going to say?
1: the thing about stealing and I think that we we head to this when we get to the 10th commandment but if I look at what somebody else has and I think they don't deserve that I should have it I mean I may not be able to get away with taking it but I'm I'm in the heart of that theft already yeah I deserve that they don't yeah when you when you operate that way
0: you're you're right there already Mm. that's good no, it's not good. It's bad, but you know what I mean. <laughs> it's good. Other thoughts? Because I think we keep putting our thinking cap on this stealing things. Not, it feels to me like one of the commandments I'd, I've never broken. I want to think about it, but mm. Simone. Goal, I was able to learn that you can also steal from God. You can steal the glory that he deserves in
5: our actions when we try to help others. We turn it back to ourselves. In reality, it's God using us. Mm. So can we Yeah. God the Lord because he's the one who allowed things to happen and to benefit and to go the way they did and take credit yeah, amen
4: Audrey mm. I was going to add too the that last line about withholding good from someone who might benefit that's so easy mm. when there's somebody with a need or even my like job, when someone calls and it's you know, 10 minutes till it's time to go. It's so easy to say somebody else can deal with that, or oops, I wasn't available, or, you know, just to withhold somebody could use a hand and you justify why you shouldn't have.
0: To. Yeah, yeah.
1: Matt? Um, I was trying to find it in Malachi. Yeah. There's one. You the, it's chapter 4. Is it? Yeah. Um, in Malachi, where he talks about when you don't give what God has called you to give, that's. It says it specifically that it's your
0: time. Yeah, it's actually chapter three, verse eight. Malachi chapter three. Uh, just start at verse six. For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. From the days of your fathers, you have turned aside from my statues and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, "How shall we return?" and God answers will the man will man, rob God yet you are robbing me but you say how have we robbed you in your tithes and contributions you are you are cursed with a curse for you are robbing me the whole nation of you bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and thereby put me to the test says the lord of hosts if i will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there's no more need oh, love that passage Go ahead. I didn't no, know no, no, what you to say. Just throw that in there, yeah. yeah, when we withhold from God, now I don't think that the tithe itself is a New Testament command, but what I think, what you'll see if you read through the New Testament, the tithe is just like a start because <laughs> you give to you're like I can't, I have to be careful here. That's giving with joy, right? Good. Other other thoughts. I love that 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 point at the end. Thing about stealing is could also be withholding good from someone who might benefit. Good. Okay, so Martin Luther said that you cannot break the rest of the commandments, 2 through 10, without first breaking the first commandment. What's the first commandment? You shall have no other gods before me. So why can he say that? Martin Luther says, if you, uh, you can't break the others without first, the first thing you're doing is breaking number one. Why is that true? Have no other gods before me. If you, he's saying that you've already, if you've broken any of these other ones, you've already broken the first one somehow. Have no other gods before me. Got to think through that one. Do you have your hand up or are you saying hi? Oh, <laughs> on it i'm not gonna give the answer (laughs) okay number one that's number two it's number one there's one god yeah there's one god you'll have no other gods before me right okay what does it mean to have another god in place of god i know simone's got the answer she's got a smile like all right else. to worship something else now we're getting somewhere what is worship Oh, give yourself to something. Oh, she's bouncing. Give us a big foot because you've been studying this stuff, I bet. I think we all want to go to Vision of Hope because she's getting some good stuff there. That's really helpful. Yeah. You Kathy? You know, um, in a Bible study,
3: uh, it was a Bible class that uh, we did a charity as women, and it was um, that, that anything you put before God, and that could yeah. be your children, that could yeah. be your job, that could be anything. So anything that you would put above God, that's, you know, Yeah. Yeah.
0: Just to kind of reiterate what, it's, what we've been saying here. This is right on. If I want something so bad, I'm willing to take it to break God's law in order to get it. Clearly, that thing has become my God. That I'm willing to bow down to it. I'm willing to violate God's law in order to get it. Another way you can think about it, how do I know if I have an idol in my life? If I'm willing to sin in order to get the thing I want. Or if I sin in response to not getting the thing I want, either way, that thing has become the thing I bow down to. Like in the Isaiah 44 passage he brought up a couple weeks ago, the guy bows down to the tree, (laughs) the thing that he, he cut down and planted. Good. That's really good. Um, So one more thing to think about here, all of the, most of the commands are negative. These three we're looking at are three negatives. And anytime you have a negative, there's going to be a complement by that. And I mean not like compliment. you like, you guys look nice today. Different kind of compliment. C-O-M-P-L-E-M-E-N-T. It's the, kind of the opposite. Matt knows all about complements in math, <laughs> right, geometry. In other words, what is the positive thing that would cancel out the negative thing? So think about this. Luther said this. He says when there's a negative prohibition of the 10 commandments, a positive implication is assumed. Therefore, when it says you ought not to murder, that means you ought to radically do what? I'm not going to fill in the rest of the blank. Bring life. Bring life. Yes, that's not what he says, but that's it. What else? If I'm not to murder, what should I radically do instead? Love. I see it on his lips. Love, right? All right. So how, what is the positive implications? How do we give life? How do we love people to the, almost the extreme of not murdering? Right? The extreme of murder. What's the extreme of not murdering? Grace and mercy. Like what's that look like in your life? Maybe even this week you've seen it either given to you or you've been able, by God's grace, been able to show love in that way. someone forgiving you or experiencing God's forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Teresa, I saw a hand. This
3: isn't something that happened in my life, but I know that as you hear about these um, Christians in third world countries who are being tortured mm. and persecuted, the persecutors don't understand that instead of retaliating, they're showing love. I yeah. that's kind of the same
0: Yes. Kind of- Absolutely. Yes. Read Cory Ten Boom. Read um, Popov's uh, tortured for his faith. Um, read. There, there's so many good stories you can read, and you see them demonstrate what this looks like. Someone who's trying to murder them, and the love that they give back can only be done by grace. Because you, we don't want to do that, do we? Kids, how does it look to, to, in your friendships or your brothers and sisters, to, instead of murder, you're giving life or love? What are situations where you feel really tempted to hate, and instead, you can respond with positive? All right, Wes.
5: go, like,
0: that's okay. That's a start. It's overlooking. Yep.
1: Matt? Um, I think, uh, I mean, you can look at the things he says, that patient and peaceful.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. I mean,
1: when you're, when people do things and you just lose it. Yeah. You know, and I I don't want to jump ahead of you, but think back to what you said about breaking the first commandment. One of the important things about this is saying, Okay, if I'm, if I'm not following the command, so let's say, yeah, maybe I didn't murder, but let's say I'm not doing the compliment of that, being patient and peaceful and loving and kind and ready to forgive. Our, our, what we need to do is not just go, okay, I need to try harder. You need to realize that you br- you're breaking the first one somewhere.
5: Mm-hmm. Because if
1: God was your God, this would be flowing from that.
0: Yes, yes. So it says if you're
3: guilty of all.
0: Yes, it says that in John, for whoever breaks the one command, he's guilty of all. Because the law as a whole, if you break the law, you're now a lawbreaker, right. right? Yeah. Well, that's what I love that you caught that, Matt, with. The way the, the catechism question is answered, it puts in those positive things I'm looking for. So look at it. What is, how do, what's the complement of adultery?
1: Purely and faithfully, whether married or in single life. Mm-hmm. What do you all Impure actions, looks, words, thoughts, or desires, and whatever might lead to them. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes. Our, Dan first, who led the music of several months ago for us, I remember when we were in college, he would talk about, if you just view everybody as your brother or sister, that's going to be very helpful in your mind. Mm-hmm. If you just view each person as your brother or sister, that's my brother or sister. I'm not going to think impurely about them, mm-hmm. right? I want to protect my brother and sister. So it goes to even protecting them, right? How else? Any other thoughts about how we, what's the positive complement of adultery? What does purity look like?
4: It's not, it's not, it goes beyond the legal of heart. Mm-hmm. It's easy to try to make rules, and as as we come up with a shading and a changing, and a, you know, it's not, you know, we're all about what it's not, and not really wanting to talk about what
0: it's not. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, that actually gets to my, my next question. So, all of these things we're talking about, these are responsibilities of the Christian. These are what we're told not to do, right? Negatives and we're talking about all this positive we should do, you realize we're introducing law. (laughs) Right? Understand how do we obey God's law, and then we start explaining what that looks like. Besides the fact that we see it as we can see, um, you know, building these things up, But what is the main problem? It's that I can't do it. Right? I'm going to fail. So, we are unable to obey these perfectly. So what does that mean for us? Does that mean we just give up? We say, Oh, well, Jesus grace, his forgiveness covers all my sin. So since he's covered all my sin, I'm good. Is that the right response? Amen. No. Aaron? Romans chapter six. Yes. <laughs> what does it say then?
2: Shall we continue in sin, the grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that we are dead in sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized unto Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore, we are buried within by baptism unto death, but like Christ we were raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life.
0: Yeah, yeah. So the response to our inability to keep all this law is not just to say, like Paul knows that's the question in Romans that will come to your mind when you think about all of the grace of forgiveness. Well, then I would have just sin more. No, we walk in newness of life. But I think Audrey is getting at what needs to happen. What needs to change? Aaron, say it out loud. Our hearts. Our hearts. It's got to come out of the heart. That's what Jesus is getting at in Matthew five, isn't he? He's pointing to point us to, this is stuff that's coming out of our heart. You know, you could keep all these rules, but even in my heart, at the heart is where it starts. And what's coming out? Maybe even, <laughs> even the the bell ringers, may think that it's. We may look at them as, wow, they're really so so giving but they may be doing it just for the applause of men. We don't know what our heart is. I mean, they don't know. We don't know what their heart is. We have to look at our heart, and there's got to be change there. So how does change work in the heart?
1: Matt? I I think uh, on one level, we, we all understand this to some degree because there's things that you might do to try to get into someone's good graces, right? Try to earn something. And if we operate in a law like that, we obviously, we know we can't ever accomplish it. But there's another thing that happens when you really get all that someone's done for you. Suddenly, you want to do these things, Ooh. not out of an earning, but out of a just pure gratitude. It's that yeah. pure love of like you When you start to understand, when you get what he's done, those things that, that don't commit adultery, that don't steal, I mean, you're not doing those things any longer to earn grace, but because you're in grace, you
0: you want to. Yes. So there's there's a response to God's love. That obeying is out of response to God's love because I want to please my father, I want to please my brother Jesus who died for me. I don't want to grieve His spirit. Right. That's one driving factor for, of for obeying God's law. But there's also yet another thing that drives us. Why were you saved? For God's glory and for God's glory, for a purpose. For what purpose? You might know what Ephesians 2 says. And it's also in Titus 2. So says verse 10, Ephesians 2.10, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So there's, you can look at this multiple angles, like a response to God's death on the cross for you, taking everything you deserve should result in just gratitude, right? It should drive me. But there's also realizing that, because we're going to see times like that that's waning. I need to look at, well, this is, this is what I'm made to do too. I'm made to be one who gives life and, loves any other thoughts as far as on this if we're
3: truly saved we ought to have the power to old things pass away all things become new we should have the power to put off mm-hmm. and put on the new man mm-hmm. new man, on, new man. We, so we're, we're able to do these things
4: because of god
0: yeah in, in fact the book of ephesians set up that way like we like sometimes we want to jump right to ephesians four twenty two, where it says put off these things don't do these things but be renewed but it starts with ephesians 1 and it says what the glory of god is and that we were made for his glory and the great love that he's given to us and then you get to the end of ephesians 3 when it says to this god who's able to do abundantly far more than you can ever think according to the power that's working in you and then he gets to chapter four and says okay so what does that look like fleshed out yeah Good. So I always ask, why else does this matter? Why does this, understanding the Ten Commandments, maybe these specific commandments or the whole Ten Commandments, why else does this matter? And this, could, this is just wide open. What, what what else matters here about this?
3: Matt? should be a light in this dark world, too. Yeah? But we are to be alike.
1: light. Right? Um, I think of the question, you know, how then shall we live? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think it's like with charity, as I get to know her, I know the things that she likes. I mean, I don't decide how I demonstrate love to her. A lot of that comes from her, what demonstrates love to her. Mm-hmm. I think the same thing is true here. Part of wanting to know those Ten Commandments is what I, when you realize all that God's done for you, you want to do things that are pleasing to Him. And so you read the commandments like, oh, I mean, you're learning something about who He is. Mm-hmm. And you're wanting to do those things because you want to be pleasing to Him. You want to love Him.
2: Is that relational that you
0: wanna know him too yeah. through that. Yeah. yeah.
2: That's one of the things I've been challenged with recently is I I don't get there on my own, right? Mm-hmm. So if I'm not if I'm not spending that time, that quiet to hear, to listen mm-hmm. and then to dive in, I'm not gonna get there by skipping that. Right. I'm not gonna get there by letting everything else be me. Mm-hmm. And then so I've got to daily three or four times through the day Mm -hmm. reflect on that and find it's it's like I mean it's all been talked about before right like it's not a marriage contract it's not you are revisiting your wife daily moment by moment throughout the day Mm -hmm. and by doing that you you fortify that that bond that you have with her Mm -hmm. if you let it of course yeah right but But we have to, we have
0: to, we have to spend that time. I I find the comment about if we let it, it's clear that we can lapse in this because in the book of Revelation, when he talks to the different churches, talks to the church, I don't remember which one, that says don't let your, that your love has grown cold. Mm -hmm. And so we have to fuel that fire by here, right? In time with him. Yeah. Right, the Spirit does that, but it's not like we just sit back and let the Spirit do that to us. Right. That can't work either. Audrey? Yeah,
4: I feel like I, I kind of hear to myself that I need to give up the right to define it myself. So if I, you know, when it comes to what withholding good from someone else or even in the um, morality question or... Hurting, what's hostile to my neighbor? I can't, I can't be holding on to how I define that.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: And now again, there's always the the ditch on the other side of being fear of man and manipulated and all of that, you know. Which not, that's not. But I use that in my mind. Well, they're manipulating me, or they're just making rules that aren't, you know, that whatever, you know. I want to go and say whatever they're saying is that, and I'm not willing to give up my side because. Well, that's just them being controlling or manipulating me or that's man's rules or you know all of that kind of stuff and if you're being honest with yourself I feel like my heart wants I want to define it. it I'm not willing to let them define it mm. Mm. Mm.
0: Mm. Mm. Teresa
4: um,
3: this kind of goes along with what all of you are saying but I I'm looking at the, the Bible here again and, and all these things he's saying you've heard it said and mm-hmm. I you mm-hmm. and I'm thinking, you know, the, the the common person on the street, whether it's a Pharisee or just a common person, they've all heard, and they all had their own idea. And I'm thinking, when the commandments were given, it they were clearly probably understood,
0: but through yeah. the centuries, right. it became like this, like right? It just had distorted it so much. Yeah. And I'm thinking,
4: well, we're we're even farther along. <sighs> Yeah. And it's so easy for things to be
3: distorted because of the world. But I, I keep looking. I went to my Bible a long time ago and under, underlined all the, but I say to you, but I say to you, but mm-hmm. I say to you. Because I'm thinking we have the opportunity mm-hmm. to keep mm-hmm. exactly what Jesus is saying. Yeah.
0: Right? Yeah, Matt. It's good. My,
1: my mom just said something I, I was going to say, but she said it in a completely different way. <laughs> I love it, though, because that's, and even think about what Jeff just said. You think we want to get to know God, but there's a lot of people that consider them spirit, themselves spiritual. But the reality is, anybody that gets to know God knows that the, the reading of the Word and the Spirit, those things go hand in hand. Like, you're, I mean, it's, it's right there. You know, I mean, he did write the book. It'd be like if uh, um, my wife said, I, "I, there's some things you've been doing that are really bugging me, I need you to know about, and I, so I wrote them down for you, and I went, and I didn't read it, I just said, I I can figure it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, she'd be upset because she'd go, I put it here, no, I don't want you to figure it out, here it is. Here's some things that are obvious I really want you to do. And, I mean, And so my love for her would read the letter, and that's where a lot of people get messed up because they don't want to read this, they just want to, and, and yeah. really, then you got, you're trying to define how you want God to relate to you. Like, right. you know, I don't want to read your book. I just want you to tell me stuff. Well, right. You wrote the book.
0: Yeah. And just the, the emphasis we're talking about here on the book. Notice it's kind of like whole book, kind of the whole book and whole passages. Just a caution as well. Donnie showed me a video the other day of a guy who was saying some stuff that sounded right. But you're like, wait, that sounds wrong what's going on and we watched the video and the guy would pull out verses Mm -hmm. and he was just cherry picking right out of the middle of stuff sometimes like wait a second no so that's just an encouragement to you like in order for the word to be in your mind and to know it you got to be in it right you just got to be in it any other comments this is good good i knew it. it would uh stir up a lot for us well, let me close by reading the question again. And then we can uh, pray. So, this is question 11. What does God require in the sixth, seventh, and eighth commandments? Sixth, that we do not hurt or hate or be hostile to our neighbor, but be patient and peaceful, pursuing even our enemies with love. Seventh, that we abstain from sexual immorality and live purely and faithfully, whether in marriage or in single life, avoiding all impure actions, looks, words, thoughts, or desires, or what, and whatever might lead to them. Eighth, that we do not take without permission that which belongs to someone else, nor withhold any good from someone we might benefit. Let's pray. Father, again, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for Jesus. thank you for you, the Father, who sent Your son, thank you for the love that you show to us before the foundation of the world that you call us your children. We want to know you better. We want to understand your heart. Help us. We thank you for a catechism question like this that helps us unpack our hearts and see where we're not going or we're going astray, but yet your grace pulls us back. You're so faithful to keep us on that path. We thank you that we um, can trust in you. Help us this morning as we um, go into our time of worshiping together that you would help us to do that, to see where we've put other idols before you, other gods above you, and that we would lean into you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. If you haven't already gotten a bulletin, please grab one. There's some important information I'll talk about in the announcements later today.